Welcome to Cannons on the Run, episode 37. A podcast out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Frater Jonathan. And I'm Reverend Frater Jordan. And we're here to talk to you about formation and things that have been going on in our lives since the last episode. Yeah. So what has been going on since our last episode? Ooh. I get to go first. Yeah, you go first. I can go first. Great. <laughs> um, since last time, we basically, you said it while we were planning. We've had just parties all the time. Not really parties, but you know the thing that happens in May in so many places: commencements. And it, well, and it's Easter, so uh, reason oh gosh. to right? the reason to celebrate every day. Right, great point. Mm. So, some of those specific celebrations we've been at: uh, we both were up at De Pere for at Saint Oprah College specifically. We were helping serve at the baccalaureate mass. You did your deaconing. I helped as acolyte. Served as acolyte. It was a delightful mass, so that was all part of the full weekend of commencement and everything happening uh, to complete the year at St. Norbert College, so that was a nice weekend. There was also a 50th anniversary mass for CTU, because it's been 50 years since CTU originally opened, so this entire school year we've been celebrating that 50th year. So there's a mass just down the street from us here in Chicago at St. Thomas the Apostle Parish, which was delightful, so that was another celebration to be a part of. And then I recently helped out at the parish I've been helping at, Immaculate Conception in Brighton Park on the west side of Chicago. We had an all-day retreat for the parents and godparents of the students who are receiving First Communion and Confirmation at um, Immaculate Conception. And it's a big church with a lot of families. So all the parents and godparents made for over 500 people at this retreat. Yeah, it was incredible. So you, there was really no space in the church that worked other than the the church itself. So the retreat was there. People came and spoke to everyone who receded throughout the pews and things. Um, it was a wonderful day. We Everyone brought food to share. So lunch was like this giant potluck to end all potlucks with tons mm-hmm. of delicious food, which was great. Um, it was a really nice day. So that was and one exciting thing. it was all in Spanish, right? It was all in Spanish that day for me, which was great. Good. As I said to some friends, it was a great day to uh, apply and practice my language skills some more. So it's great when you, I mean, as anyone who's learned any kind of language knows, sometimes at the beginning things are rocky, but then once your brain gets into that mode, I mean, by the end of the day, things are going great. I was understanding stuff really quite well. And so that was good to affirm some of the work I've been trying to do with language learning. And it was just a really great day, a retreat to be with people at the parish and getting to learn alongside them and then serve as well. I had the opening prayer, which was great. Not too big of a commitment, but a great way mm-hmm. to use Spanish and, you know, do that. And it wasn't, it was like a 15 minute opening prayer. So doing a little reflection. Um, and we did pray the litany of trust and some other things like that to start the day. So wonderful. Yeah. So those are a few of the big, and I mean big <laughs> events that have happened since our last episode. And then along with just running in sunny weather between the rain here in Chicago, but getting some runs in and spring is great. Mm-hmm. How about you? What have you been up to since our last episode, Deacon Jordan? I think when this last episode was published, I was on retreat, my ordination retreat for priestly ordination out at Dalesford Abbey. And that was a great experience because Dalesford Abbey has kind of been a, a special place in my heart or like another home. Uh, Father Sal, when I was in college, always led service trips out there uh, to work with our brother's place, a men's homeless shelter. um, And we'd uh, be with the Norbertines at Dalesford Abbey. So I had a relationship with the Norbertines in Dalesford 
for my period in college. And then my first year in novitiate, eight months of, the, of that first year were spent at Dalesford Abbey. So it was great to connect and uh, in, in some sense have a little bit of a bookend of formation before ordination at Dalesford Abbey. So nice. it was a lovely, lovely time. Great time to reflect and think about uh, what what does it mean as Jordan to be a Norbertine, to be a priest, to be a teacher. Um, so yeah, it was great self-discovery. Mm, kind of brings it full circle, as you said. Right. That's great. Didn't figure it all out, but great, <laughs> great time to reflect. That's good. That's what life's for, to keep yeah. doing that slowly, keep yeah. figuring it out. And uh, right now, when God willing, this is published uh, on Wednesday will be my last day at the parish here in Chicago, Old St. Pat's. Had my last Sunday Mass as a deacon at the parish, and uh, we'll be wrapping up with an, an event, a storytelling event at, at the parish through one of their organizations. So that'll be great. Nice. And as you mentioned, being up at St. Norbert College last weekend, two weekends ago, mm-hmm. for baccalaureate and graduation also you and i had the opportunity to discuss a new book about saint norbert uh, the former president president emeritus thomas kunkel of saint norbert college wrote a book called man on fire and your aunt judy who former communications head at saint norbert abbey so we worked closely with her was the interviewer Mm -hmm. and she roped us into it, mm-hmm. uh, which was a wonderful and beautiful experience to discuss the book uh, with President Emeritus Tom Kunkel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that interview was great. And I think, as we found from reading this book, I mean, it was just such a great way of reviewing a lot of what we'd already studied or learned about St. Norbert, hearing it from a different writer's perspective. He did a ton of research about St. Norbert and really contacted a lot of the experts in our order, or at least within the U.S., who are the archivists and historians, and got in touch with some internationally as well. And mm-hmm. He wrote a really impressive book. So you can check it out on Amazon. Totally. We'll actually put a link uh, on the website with this. So you can go find the page on St. Norbert College website that has a lot of info about the book, and then they show you how you can order it through the campus bookstore or through Amazon. And as you said, Jonathan, it's... It is an easy, easy read. Um, really, really nice introduction to St. Norbert, a saint that not too many people know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an easy read that does not mince on quality. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom Kunkel is a great writer. So that was a, as you mentioned, it was a great experience to get to be a part of that interview and just to hear some of his inspiration in writing it, what he encountered, what he hoped for in the book. And it's mm-hmm. a really great thing that he's done for our order and in that in that book. It's really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's no St. Norbert as a person, you know, it's, it's hard to connect with someone who was alive 900 years ago. <laughs> right. Right. So he helps bridge that gap, which is really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of good reads, what is today's topic? Interesting that you should mention that. Let's find out. Number five of St. Pope John the Twenty-Third's Daily Decalogue reads, Only for today, I will devote 10 minutes of my time to some good reading, remembering that just as food is necessary to the life of the body, so good reading is necessary to the life of the soul. How fitting. Good How fitting. reading. It's like we planned it out. <laughs> so my favorite thing about this, which you hear from me all the time, Deacon Jordan, is that there is a food analogy in this one, which is great. Because I think food analogies work for so many things. So in this case, he says food is necessary for the body. Absolutely. So let's ask ourselves, what kind of food is necessary for the body? What kind of food is necessary for the body? <laughs> well, a lot of times we might be drawn to eating things like 
pop tarts all day oh, or yeah, I like those. <laughs> candy bars soda mm. you know whatever it might be or, or vice chips but if we only eat that that's really not doing the body any good and eventually we'll run into some issues so by analogy then we want to ask ourselves what kind of reading just like food we have to be aware of what's some good healthy food that we need to put in our bodies and find a balance and there's times once in a while for a good piece of cake or, you know, a nice homemade piece of pie or whatever. How about a filet mignon? Totally. I mean, that's that's fits somewhere between like healthy and also, you know, a, a time to celebrate. So I think that's good. You know, you need some good protein sometimes. So we ask ourselves, what kind of reading when we're talking about good reading, what to read? Spiritual reading is what we're naturally drawn to. And there's a lot of good spiritual reading out there. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But there's other reading that maybe isn't explicitly spiritual it's not saying or claiming to be spiritual reading but can still be incredibly nourishing and beautiful and good for the soul for ourselves for nurturing ourselves healthily you Mm. talked about some of that with some of the reading outside of what's specifically named a spiritual reading yeah so a lot of good reading or a classics a lot of classics out there classic novels are usually inspired by spiritual reading or Mm. have or theological uh concepts like i think about um heart of darkness or mary shelley's frankenstein or there's even components in jk rawlings harry potter series that have christological uh components to it like i think i think the great reads the great classics incorporate those great stories from the past that have spiritual theological connotations Mm -hmm. they they pull from those great stories and i think as you know separate as they are from spiritual readings there's a creativity a fun a youthfulness like i think about the harry potter series like really got our generation to read at least for me like i was actually drawn into it and the mystery and everything behind uh this this world created by rowling Mm mm-hmm and I think even though it's not spiritual, it can still be good reading in that it's creative and allows us to enter into a world or a state of mind to develop skills and tools that will be helpful in our own speech or our own preaching. Hmm. I know my preaching professor uh, always said that a good priest should have a book of poetry by his bed. And I'm like, Oof, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a poetry kind of guy. Uh, I like the simple roses are red, violets are blue, but uh, some 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 poetry is pretty deep and kind of abstract that I just can't get into. But I think, you know, or I'm taking liberty here to to say that his point is that what makes a good preacher is those who read good things. Again, it develops how we develop a sentence structure or storytelling in a homily, and even though it's not strictly spiritual, it's helpful for us to enter into our imaginations and creativity. Yeah, I think that when we encounter good writers, that that's informing our own language, like you said. So if we read from these great writers, these great stories, storytelling, one of my favorites, I know it's many favorites out there, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, there's just some profound writing out there, the book, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, That can't help but inform uh, your imagination, how you understand the world around you, how you relate to things, creating links from that story to your own life, identifying with characters in the story. All that becomes very spiritual, though these aren't in the spiritual self-help sections of bookstores or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. So profound reading. But even if you take 
some liberties too. You imagine even in scripture, reading the letters of St. Paul, like St. Paul was a creative guy in looking at the stories being told in whatever city he was located in, whatever culture he was in, he was able to incorporate into his preaching. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think so often when we think of good reading that we overlook the idea that scripture is exactly somewhere where we need to spend time with good reading because there's good writing there. And I love the way you just talked about it, thinking about St. Paul's, thinking about these writers who wrote the many books of the Bible are writing as living people with lived experiences who are trying to relate to what's going on in the moment to connect it to their lives, to the people they're writing to, that would be hearing this, to think of scripture as part of that of that collection of good reading. Mm-hmm. Putting aside that time, like this one says, 10 minutes a day for good reading, trying to do that in scripture as well is so important. And so, and I mean, we can all say that and it's like, yeah, of course, we all believe that, that's good. But I had a, a great experience where I felt it again recently to, to realize how important that was. I'd had class in the afternoon, three hours of class and got back and just kind of the whole day, I felt a little bit off. It wasn't crazy or terrible, just not quite settled, not quite there. So there was enough time to maybe try and do a few things, send a few emails, whatever. Or I thought, you know what? I just grabbed my Bible and I went down to the chapel and just decided I was going to read and just sit for a little bit and let myself be still and not try to find whatever this off feeling was in something else. So I opened up to the New Testament where I had a little ribbon in my Bible at that time and turned a few pages, ended up in Ephesians and read for a little bit. And then I ran into Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14, and it was just this wonderful moment of realizing, ugh, that's what I needed to hear. 5.14 in Ephesians reads, Therefore it is said, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. And the context of that, before it, after it, um, it's under a section titled Renounce Pagan Ways, and it's talking about not spending time with these things that basically we're tempted to, or spending time in things in the darkness maybe they aren't tempted to, but struggle with, or whatever it might be, and, and renouncing those ways and remembering the light that Christ gives us. And I was just tired that day, and it was definitely some of those human feelings of thinking, ugh, like, <laughs> being responsible is hard. <laughs> Would be the really short way to summarize Adulting it? is hard. Yeah, right, <laughs> those kinds of feelings. And so to read that really just fed my soul in a way that nothing else I was going to look to, you know, reading something quick online, watching a YouTube video, like, we try to fill that feeling with something, even food sometimes, right? Naturally, we just want it to fix something that will just make us feel good. Mm. Instead to just have good reading, good scripture in this case, and just to sit with that. And those, it was, it was about 10, 15 minutes before evening prayer. That helped solve that unsettled ugh feeling, which was great, a real gift. Yeah, wow. Just even thinking about running or working out, there are those moments that you just don't feel like, doing it but you know it'll make you better right so you go out and do it anyway i think that really correlates with dedicating time to read dedicating time to pray like dedicating time to silence like to set a time for contemplation even when we don't feel like doing it or even in the moment if we don't feel it it's important to develop that exercise and to commit that time because Otherwise, nothing will ever happen um, if you don't make time for it. Mm-hmm. So even though this one time or, you know, you might have a drought of a week or months that it feels like nothing comes to you, 
it's important to continue to make that time because when something does come, it's like a light bulb clicks on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that you use the word dedicate because in this part of the Decalogue, it says devote. I will devote 10 minutes of my, of my time to good reading. And so that word devote, I can't help but think has to be very intentional, that it's not just like I'll choose to do it sometimes or like you just said, I'll do it when I feel like it, but I'll devote it. It's going to be something that I know I'll regularly do. And to really devote to 10 minutes, that's how we get into those transformative parts of what it does. That conversion happens in those small parts like we've talked about in other episodes. Right. And I know for me, that's what I used Lent for, of being able to just set down the computer or the phone at a particular time at night, because I knew uh, if I got trapped or hooked into a phone or my laptop, like watching YouTube or just even reading articles online, that I would just get encapsulated into that world. Like I just get entranced and enter into that world that it'd be very, very difficult to set down. So what I found myself doing is, you know, eight o'clock at night, instead of reading something on the computer or watching something on the computer, I'm going to pick up a book uh, instead Mm -hmm. and devote that time for reading, which Mm -hmm. also helped me fall asleep earlier and wake up more refreshed in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that screen versus paper, it really is better to go with paper. I mean, there's all the research out there. Not that either of us are qualified to speak about, you know, the research out there. Yes, my dissertation. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's plenty out there. And there are a few opinion articles or things I've read, you know, do emphasize that. It's definitely what I've experienced too. Reading things in paper version for this this dedicated, devoted reading time really goes a lot better. For me, you know, it's the idea that so many other things I do are associated with my phone so if I'm reading on my phone or on an iPad or on my laptop, I don't know how d- devoted my mind can be to that. So doing it on paper really helps that mindset. To oh, yeah, true that. I'll be using my iBrevery app on the phone, which is really nice when you're traveling. You mm-hmm. don't have to carry the paper brevery for you. But as, as you pointed out, I can be praying that and all of a sudden, oh, an email pops up because this device is used for multiple things, not just specifically uh, prayer or scripture. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And trying to stay focused is so difficult when there's these little alerts and notifications popping up. I found that praying the breviary, the divine office, for those who don't know, we're talking about, you know, the five hours of the day, how we gather for morning prayer, evening prayer. We have a book for that, which all priests, all religious are um, called by the church to pray daily and anyone can take part in. A paper breviary, I find, so a book, a bound book, I can follow the structure of it way better. When it's all set up for me in the app, wonderfully convenient, like you said, but I wasn't comprehending it as well either. So using a book mm. also just shifted my comprehension. It shifted how I spent time with reading things. Oh, lots of good things. Mm-hmm. So the other thing, which, I mean, since we're talking about reading, which we think would be fun to share with you, is then what is some of the current reading that we're doing? I don't read. (laughs) Yeah, in teaching, we call that leading by example. (laughs) You got to make sure you also do the thing that you're telling everyone to do. I'll wait for the film. (laughs) When does this come on on movie? Gosh. (laughs) Um, So as far as current reading for me, I have been working my way through a book called The Spirituality of Imperfection by Ernest Kurtz and Catherine Ketchum. I found out about this book in February, probably. I didn't know it existed, and I found it. We have it in the CTU library. Ah, it is awesome. I like it a ton. This one is specifically, obviously, about spirituality, since it's in the title. 
so this actually fits into St. John's fifth item here really well, to just read for 10 minutes a day and to devote it to that. Um, I miss a few days, but I try to just read a, a chunk out of it and let that work on me and work through me through the day. And it's really been a really fruitful book to spend some time with. So it it really just gives a lot of wisdom about how we as humans, part of our being human is being imperfect. And so not looking at imperfections as failures, but actually as part of our completeness, as part of our wholeness, like part of being human, part of working toward that is not being perfect, mm. which is a great thing to spend time with, I think, and allows one to grow in, in fuller ways, not worried about messing up or not worried about things always being perfect. How about you? I know you have a current book right now. I've seen you reading. <laughs> you can say what you want, but you're reading. It's great. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm a slow reader. So I've been working on this book since March. I purchased this book like a couple years ago. It's called Devil in the White City. And I figured living in Chicago, and especially where our house is in Hyde Park, it's in the same neighborhood or right next to the same neighborhood as the World Columbian Fair in the 19th century. So this book not spiritual, uh, but more historical, gives an account of the the World Fair here in Chicago and talking about the white city. It's how the city was created um, to model what a city could be. And so electricity was introduced and all the different inventions and things like that and how it functioned as a city separate from the city of Chicago. I mean, it was in the city of Chicago, mm. but it had its own power source or its own sanitation and water treatment kind of facility. So mm -hmm. it was trying to model what a city could be. Um, so it blew people's minds. But then the devil part is the serial killer H.H. Holmes, which lived in Inglewood neighborhood. And so it kind of goes back and forth between the World Fair and it meshes a little bit of the story of H.H. Holmes with that event. So yeah, it's been slow going. I'm glad I'm finally reading it just in time to leave. But, uh, <laughs> but it's been it's been helpful because I, I know I had a, a graveside service and one of the families has been in Chicago for a really long time. And their um, grandfather worked uh, at the World Fair as a carpenter. Wow. Um, so for that funeral, I mean, it wasn't the funeral for the, that grandfather, but I was able to incorporate a history of Chicago with the history of the family. Um, there you go. Spiritual. It connects right there to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Plus, that also, I hear you know you talking about that. It connects you just to understanding the history of the space that you've been in, serving, getting to know people. I mean, there's all sorts of goodness and spirituality in, in being able to make those connections. So that's great. Mm -hmm. So in light of this, number five of the Daily Decalogue, our recommendation to our listeners uh, is if you're not already doing it, make sure that you find some kind of good reading that you're doing and devote yourself to it. Um, that really makes a big a big difference, or at least we're finding what that might be. And, you know, especially finding a way to devote yourself to that reading in a way that's separate. For me, even spending time in scripture, my spiritual director helped me realize I needed to have a different physical Bible from the study Bible I use in my classes. Otherwise, what I thought was like spending good time turned into studying and it wasn't actual just prayer or reading and letting it, you know, sit in me so having a second separate bible that was a really important part to doing that that's that's hilarious because on retreat mm -hmm. uh my retreat master father bill <laughs> he'd give me scripture readings and i was like yeah so i was reading the footnotes and he's like mm -hmm. don't do that 
It's like, oh, you're on retreat. And I'm like, I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're curious. You want to learn. You want to study it, which yeah. is an important part, but not the only part. So put down your devices. Absolutely. Like so many teachers say, and the teacher in me is speaking now to read a good book. Read a good book. Read a, a good difference. book. If you want to learn more about Cannons on the Run, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast tab, and if you want to contact us, click on Contact the Podcast Team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review and rating. You can also like us on Facebook. Saints Norbert and Augustine, pray Pray for for us. us.